Thanks for joining us for Life Community Church. Well, hey, if we haven't met yet, my name is Dan. I'm one of the lead pastors here. And um, along with what Jeanette said, I think uh, this is a pivotal season for people returning to church. Um, So that's why we've made these little cards for you to invite people. That's why um, we've made the bags there for you to take out. There is this time where people um, just kind of say, you know what, with corona and COVID and all that, I'm not going to go to church for a while. And they meant it for like a month, and then it turned into two years. And now we're um, seeing people that are like, oh, you know what, maybe I should go back to church. And so I think there are this, this whole population of people that are living life without a church community, um, without Jesus at the center of their lives. And I think it's time to just say, hey, come back. And so it's so easy to just say, hey, go to a church that I love. We come to Easter with me. It'll be so fun. Save you a seat. It's that easy. So I encourage you to take some of those invite cards, take some bags, give them away. Just give them away. We had somebody that called up the uh, one of the preschools that their kids were in um, and just say, hey, can I give a bag, an invite bag to every kid in my kid's class? And they're like, yes. So 23 bags are going to them. So um, think outside the box. There's also, uh, my last thing for you, um, there's also going to be a, just a eight and a half by 11 sheet with the Stations of the Cross on it. And that's so you can hang it in a coffee shop or in the library or wherever, maybe your work has a bulletin board, just pin it up there and hang it up there. Um, So take one of those if you have a spot for that. Well, we are in a series right now going through the Psalms. It's called Heart Songs. And we're looking at the Psalms and how they can guide us through every aspect of our lives. I mean, the Psalms touch every aspect. It's this book of poems that has been used for thousands of years. Generations on generations have been reciting these Psalms, memorizing them, worshiping with them, writing songs from them. They've been used for generations. And the Psalms offer us this picture of the human heart before God. And we find all sorts of emotions. We find emotions like uh, frustration and pain. There's despair in there. But then there's also joy. There's praise. There's gladness. There's thankfulness all expressed throughout these hundreds of psalms. There's a place for all of us in the psalms, every one of us, in every season of our life. No matter what you're going through, from everything from celebration to despair, you can find yourself in the psalms. And because of that, you can make these poems your own, and that's what we're doing here. Um, So two weeks ago, let me give you a really quick recap. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about the importance of honesty as we go before God. Like, God can hear our big, even angry feelings. And he can hear our joyous feelings. He can hear everything. Um, And so we can go to him with that. We can be honest before God. Last week, we talked about uh, the lament of the Psalms. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, the joy and the praise of in the Psalms, how we can experience joy and praise through them. So generally, there's there's five different types of Psalms, different genres. There's wisdom, praise, royal Psalms, lament Psalms, and hymns. Uh, Real quick, these hymns, they were more of a a general in nature. You know, you could sing them, um, sung, and recite them just for about any purpose. The wisdom Psalms, these would speak of God's wisdom and words of instructions for us. 
Royal psalms were for kings. They were uh, praising kings. Lament psalms, Liz taught on these last week. There are times throughout the psalms when the writers had concerns or complaints to God, and so they would write those down. Um, and they would make those complaints known, and we're encouraged to do that. We can do that with God. And today we're going to look at these joy and praise psalms. These are the psalms where the writer is just bursting at the seams with joy for God and his character, for who he is and what he's done. You know, <clears throat> the NCAA tournament, March Madness, uh, it's wrapping up tomorrow. Last night there were two games. The championship game is tomorrow. And I've noticed these fans that are at these games are excellent at praise, right? Like, especially the student sections. When they show the students, I mean, shirts off, chests painted, you know, just like crazy outfits. You know, the, you see like they color their hair, whatever their team is, and spike it up high, whatever, wigs, all that stuff. They do all these things to show their passion for their team. And I think these basketball games and sports in general in America are one, it is a great example of praise. Have you ever been to a big game, like with tons of fans? Maybe it was a playoff game at a high school, or uh, maybe you um, went to one of the uh, college basketball games this season. That was a big one. And, you know, you're watching it, and how would you describe it, right? When the team scores a big three-pointer or a team gets a huge touchdown, what happens? Everybody screams, right? They're all focused on one thing. They're like, yeah, touchdown. If people are like, you know, on their phones, like no one sits there during a touchdown and just stays on their phone. They will drop their phone, jump up, and yet people sacrifice their beers, you know, everything goes everywhere. That is celebration. That is praise for their team. Um, In I was reading some stuff about this. In 2011 and 2013, the Seattle Seahawks, the football team in Seattle, uh, in their playoff games those years, their crowd registered as an earthquake a couple times. And so that's how loud they were. That's how crazy they were when touchdowns happen. If sports aren't your thing, you know, the same kind of celebration, the same kind of praise happens at concerts. Uh, you know, the main act comes out and people lose it. They're like, yeah, NSYNC, I love you, right? <clears throat> Any NSYNC? Who listened to NSYNC in high school? Raise your hand. Or junior high? Oh, Liz. <laughs> oh, guilty. Um, <clears throat> so we love doing that. There was a band in New Zealand that came out, um, and, w- and when they came out to play, Scientists in the region, uh, so the crowd went crazy, right? And scientists in the region got these alerts from their equipment that there is volcanic activity in the area because the crowd was so loud. Obviously, it was just the crowd. Um, It's all about celebration and excitement. Your joy just erupts out of your mouth. Your hands are in the air. You're jumping up and down. You're dancing. You're screaming at the top of your lungs. Go team, you can do it. Yeah, in sync, Justin, I love you. And we see this kind of praise all throughout the Psalms. We see that kind of praise throughout the Psalms for God. It's a very uh, outward expression. It's taking what we feel in our souls and just letting it out, however that comes out. And so the Psalms invite us to do praise. It's an action to lift our voices, raise our hands, to dance, to shout to the Lord. To clap, 
loudly, to use instruments. There's so many instruments listed to use. And I like this one. It says to praise him with every bone in your body. I don't really know what that means. I think it's open to interpretation. To praise him with every bone in your body. What does that mean for you? In Psalm 98, you guys can turn there with me if you want. Um, it'll also be on the screen. Psalms 90, Psalm 98, uh, verse 4 through 9 says this. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and sound of singing. With trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it. Now the sea's getting involved, right? Uh, the world and all who live in it, everyone join in in this, he's saying. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. It's as though you can hear the joy in this writer's soul. You can physically hear it in these words. You can feel the celebration as they praise God. They're not just praising God themselves alone. They're inviting everything into it. They're inviting creation into it, other people into it, instruments into it. To open our eyes and see what God is doing and then join in praise. We as people, we love to look up to people, don't we? We love to admire, be in awe of the things that people are or that they do. I... um. I was subbing, uh, a couple times a week I'll sub at the high school or junior high. And so this week I was subbing, and sometimes, uh, you know, the kids will be on their Chromebooks, and so I'll write my sermon as they're doing their work. You know, I, I uh, kill two birds with one stone. Uh, and so I was writing this section, and I was like, I wonder who these kids admire. So, so at the end of the period, I was like, hey, who do you guys admire? Like, who do you want to be like? Who would you want to meet um, and get advice from? The first answer was Kanye West. Um, I was like, oh, great, guys, okay. Um, there was uh, Abraham Lincoln that was on there. You know, the, uh, there's some people like that. There's uh, a guy named NBA Youngboy. He's a rapper. Do I know who he is? No. Um, Tom Holland, an actor. Ryan Reynolds, another actor. Michael Jordan. They listed some YouTubers. Um, you know, these are all people that they love, that they enjoy um, and that they admire. It's hard to go through life without praising, you know, without admiring like that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with admiring people. There isn't. But our highest praise belongs to God. If our, higher, if our highest praise goes anywhere or to anything else, like celebrities, historical figures, friends, nature, we miss out on the plan that God has for our praise. I want to tell you four things praise can cause in our souls. Another way to say this is maybe four motivations for praise. So four things that praise causes in our souls. The first one is that praise reminds our souls of God's joy in the confusion. Praise reminds our souls of God's joy in the confusion of our lives. Psalm 143 says this, I am losing all hope. I am paralyzed with fear. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Losing all hope, paralyzed with fear. 
I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you have done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. One of the best things that we can do for our souls in times of difficulty and confusion and despair is to praise God. Praise is most often a choice. Looking throughout the Psalms, we find that joy and praise are often coupled with feelings of despair. And that doesn't make immediate sense to us, does it? That we could still feel joy in God in the deepest pain of our lives, but that's the example we're given throughout the Psalms. I bet many of you have even experienced this before or seen others like, you're going through a really hard time, but you have joy. How is that? But it's true. We can experience God's joy in our grief and confusion. But to praise in those kinds of situations doesn't come naturally to us. Instead, we have to make a choice to praise. And so that's what we see here in this Psalm, Psalm 143, that he's going through horrible things. But yet he's remembering the days of old. He's remembering per, uh, periods of in his life when God was doing amazing things in his life. 2 Corinthians 6.10 says that we live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing and yet have everything. In the midst of the storms that we go through in life, praise reminds us who God is. And it draws us near to him. It draws us closer to him. It satisfies our souls. And when, as the psalmist says, that we are paralyzed with fear and we're losing all hope, praise becomes this guiding compass that brings us back to God and we experience his joyful presence in our lives. So praise reminds our souls of God's joy in the confusion. So we choose to pray, even when it's hard. Uh, choose to praise, even when it's hard. Uh, the second one, number two, is praise magnifies God in our lives. I was a youth pastor in a previous life. I don't know, seven, five years ago, something like that. Um, and I recall I was leading this small group for these junior hires, and um, we were talking about. Uh, Jesus being the light of the world and how we've been given the same light and we go out and we are the light of the world with Jesus. And so I, I was talking about that and I said something like, and so we have Christ's light in us and so we're going to go out and share it with the world. And this one kid, he perks up and I can tell this light bulb went off in his head, you know, or went on in his head like, oh, I get something, you know. And I falsely perceive this moment as a moment of revelation. Uh, it turns out, I'll tell you what he said. He said, oh, this is right when uh, Endgame and the last uh, Marvel Avengers movie came out, right? Uh, he said, oh, just like Iron Man, when the light inside, he's got a light inside of his chest, and then, and then he dies, and it goes out. And I was like, oh, I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't know he died. Come on, Spoilers. You know, his life was consumed at that time with the Marvel movie, and he could make any connection. Like, I could have said anything, and he would have brought it back to the Marvel movies. That's what junior high small groups are all about, is trying to get them 
away from whatever, you know, whatever crazy connection they want to make. But like that kid, what we focus on is magnified throughout our whole lives. It touches every part of our lives. For that kid at that time, it was Avengers, right? But the same principle applies to our relationship with God. Praise magnifies God in our lives. Praise invites God to be a bigger part of our lives, infecting every part of our existence. And so when we have this continual attitude of praise to God, he's going to grow bigger in our lives. And every aspect of our life is going to be touched by God. And when God touches something in our lives, it is always a good thing. Uh, Catherine Lacuna, in her book, God for Us, she says this, Praise generates more praise. Glory adds to glory. Praise works by overflow and contagion. Do you want God to be a bigger part of your life? Do you want God to be present throughout every part of your life, every part of your day? And start with praise. That's where it's going to start. So praise magnifies God in our lives. Number three, praise exalts God to his rightful place in our souls. Let me read you two psalms here. The first is from uh, Psalm 145. It says this, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. And this is Psalm 34. I will thank you, Lord, among the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. There is no other right place for God in our lives than at the very top of the priority list. Now, that's not always the case in our lives, right? He doesn't always make it to the top of the priority list. Not one of us in this room could truthfully say, Oh yeah, I always keep God at the top, 100%. Now, of course, God knows that too, right? That's why he, what's the very first commandment? But to not put anything else above him, that you should have no other gods before me. That's his first commandment. He knows that we have this desire to take things, take idols, and make them more important than God. In Isaiah 42, God proclaims this, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to anyone else, nor share my praise with idols. Now, is this because God is so vain or insecure that he needs our affirmation? No, of course not. That idea, uh, by the way, usually held by people who haven't experienced worship, that's a projection of our humanity onto God. Like, that's what we feel, right? We are so insecure that we need affirmation. We need praise. It's a false projection of the human experience that we put on him. But that's not so with God. He is holy. And so first, God is 100% deserving of our praise. And we praise him simply because he is. He is God. 
But the side effect of praise is that when he's at the top of our priorities, when he's our, our center of attention, when he's the main thing in focus in our lives, that is when we are most fulfilled. Praise reorders our priorities. Praise gives honor where honor is due to God, and in doing so brings us fulfillment in God. And so praise exalts God to his rightful place in our souls. Fourth, living a life of praise draws others in to experience God for themselves. So our praise invites others in to experience God. Have you ever talked to someone who's super passionate about something? Maybe like that junior higher and his Avengers movies. But, you know, there's always people that are passionate about something. And sometimes it's like, oh, okay, please stop. Other times it's like, whoa, that's really interesting. Tell me more. I'm talking about one of those people. That's really interesting. Tell me more. There was one time um, I met a passionate beekeeper. Does anybody keep bees here at all? Any beekeepers? No? Okay. Um, it's rare. Uh, so... This passionate beekeeper got my attention so much. I just, we talked for like three hours, maybe more, about bees. And now every time that I see him, I'll ask him like about bees more. Every time I meet a beekeeper, I'm like, oh, tell me about your bees. I think it's the most fascinating thing in the world. He told me so many interesting facts. I'll tell you some. Um, that people have been keeping bees for 5,000 years. That's how long we've like kept beehives. Um, Bees communicate through their dancing. You guys probably know that one. Uh, each bee just makes a tiny bit of honey, like less than a teaspoon throughout its whole life. But because there's so many, we get tons of honey. Bees don't sleep. They just kind of sit there and rest, rest their wings a little bit. And one of my favorite bee facts that I find most interesting is that if you're keeping bees and your queen bee dies or she's not being productive, you can just go online and order a new queen bee and it comes to you in a tiny box in the mail. So there are queen bees being shipped in the mail every day, and I think that's the most amazing thing ever. And you get it, and you just get your little bee in the mail, you know? He drew me in. And while I didn't become a beekeeper, I am now a fan of beekeeping. I just think it's one of the coolest things. And praise does a similar thing for people. Have you ever witnessed a, a person in passionate, heartfelt worship? When I see people having these worshipful moments with God, I want to be a part of that. I want what they have. In fact, that's a part of my story. That's how I came to know Jesus personally. I was in this place where um, people were worshiping all around me. It was kind of like a concert, and they were declaring God's goodness, his compassion, his love, his mercy, his generosity, how he's true and just sovereign. They were talking about his holiness. And I said, if that is the true God, I want that God in my life. If this is true, I want it. And so I joined in worship and I experienced for the first time this personal life-renewing presence of Jesus. I was invited into it through other people's praise. C.S. Lewis said this, it is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. It is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. That's an example of 
how someone experienced worship because of song, right? But it doesn't have to be through song. Our worship can be a, a daily living, giving praise to God just in the way that we live. We can live a worshipful life day to day, hour to hour, that causes people to wonder about who we are and who we worship and where we get our joy from, even in sorrow. This is Psalm 145. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will, pro- I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. There's a contagiousness as we praise. We declare the truth of God, putting him center stage in his rightful place. We boast in who he is. We boast in how we've experienced him in our own lives. And as we do so, we display his attributes for everyone to see like like a beautiful Midwestern sunset, pink and orange and purple in the sky. And it demands a response. And that response is most often worship. I didn't share with you the full quote from Catherine Lacuna before, so let me, let me give you this whole quote. <clears throat> praise generates more praise. Glory adds to glory. Praise works by overflow and contagion. It invites others to join in. Whether that's people that know Jesus or not, both are true. Whether someone knows Jesus and they're like, oh yeah, I want to I worship too. Or someone doesn't, they're like, who is this God that you worship? Praise leads to praise. And so living a life of praise draws others in to experience God for themselves. So the four things that praise does for our souls Praise exalts God to his rightful place in our souls. Praise magnifies God in our lives. Praise reminds our souls of God's joy, even in despair and confusion. And living a life of praise draws others in so that they can experience God too. I have some calls to action for you. Liz, will you bring those uh, papers up and put them up here? Um, my, my calls, uh, my first one is just to write a psalm. Write a psalm of joy and praise. There's no rules about how you can write a psalm, right? Like, there's no rules about it. You can do it in whatever way that you want. Um, this, uh, what was it, Thursday, we had a leadership meeting. And at this leadership meeting, we decided to write some psalms. So I won't share them all with you, but I, I want to share a couple with you. Just some examples. And you can make these as deeply personal to you as you want. Like, you could even go and say something like, uh, it usually uh, starts with a call of action. So you could say something like, blast the car stereo with worship. And then there's a reason. And that reason would be, because I, I got out of work early, right? That could be your psalm. You, can sit, you could write that down. You, you've got a psalm. Here's some that the leadership team came up with. Uh, Rejoice. Join us as we celebrate all that he is doing in our church. Our kids are experienced Jesus. 
are experiencing Jesus. We are growing in community with him and each other, and we have seen him show his love through healing. Shout for joy. Praise his name. God is good all the time. Over here, uh, bring forth laughter because he has done more than we expect. Have you guys ever experienced that where you're just blown away by God and you just have to laugh? And you're just like, oh my God, God how, how is I? I didn't believe you could do any of that, right? And, and here he is, so, you, so we laugh at ourselves, right? Uh, be still, God is sovereign. Um, so those are some songs. You can write your own songs in whatever way that you want. And there's no rules here, but usually the pattern is there's a call to action, lift your voice, clap your hands, uh, do a dance, and then there's a reason why. Because uh, I got a bonus at work. <laughs> because, you know, anything, really. So that's my first one. Write a psalm. Um, if you're in a time of despair right now where it's hard to write a psalm, you don't feel much joy, look back in your life. Look back where God has done things in your life and write that down. Write a psalm about that. Um, Second one would be consider fasting from all music except worship music until Easter. For the next two weeks, just put worship music on. Find a worship playlist on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your music, and just play that as you get in the car, as you're at home. Instead of whatever else you might listen to, consider worshiping. And then my last one is worship with every bone in your body. I don't know what this means. I think it's open to interpretation. I think it's, you can ask the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, say, God, um, how do you want me to worship? Put something in me. I want to worship the way that you want me to worship. And this can be in any way. It could be lifting your voice, raising your hands, dancing, shouting to the Lord, clapping, using an instrument. You can do anything like that. I think today as we worship, the way you can do that one specifically today is um, maybe when we worship here, maybe uh, you don't normally sing. Try singing. Try singing the words. Uh, maybe you don't usually raise a hand. Maybe raise a hand if the Spirit leads. It is open for you today to worship in the way that the Spirit's leading. And dare I say, if, if you feel like you want to dance in the hallway or in the, in the aisles, dance in the aisle. Do what, do what the Spirit's leading you to do. The Psalms are filled with these beautiful expressions of what's in our soul coming out physically, whatever that may look like, with every bone in your body. So I encourage you to worship today. Band, will you guys come up? They're going to lead us in some worship. Um, and then we're also going to have a time of communion, but I'll lead that after the first song. Will you guys stand with me and we'll pray? So Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Holy Spirit, move. Holy Spirit, come. Rest on us. Say we give all that we are, every bone in our body we want to worship you with. You are a great God. You your name is beautiful. It represents everything you are, everything you've done in our lives and the past. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We worship you now. Amen. At Life Community Church, we want you to experience the powerful, life-changing love of God. To learn more, go to lifemohammed.org. lifemohammed.org.